0: Welcome to ConnectEQ's podcast. My name is Colleen Leclerc. Here, we have heart-based conversations with global leaders around some of the interpersonal challenges that they face with their teams. Things that might be standing in the way of them achieving sustainable high performance and co-creating consistent value with and for all their stakeholders. Important, yet sometimes tough topics like active listening, self-awareness, presence, being mindful, building higher quality connections, interacting with empathy and compassion, courageous conversations, slowing down or pausing to help respond rather than react and taking time to reflect and re-energize. Join us as we engage with these heart-based conversations. I'm so excited to bring you this interview with Claude Silver today, who is the first ever Chief Heart Officer. As she says, leadership is about love, full stop. Love requires people. People need people that listen and then do something. And that's where she comes in. After nearly 20 years at numerous advertising agencies, building brands for Fortune 50 companies and partnering with clients, she found her home, her true calling at X. Her success guiding client relationships, global brand strategies, operations, and management is driven by an abiding passion for creating spaces in which people can thrive. She is a sought after speaker and has featured on a number of podcasts. It's an honor to have you with us, Claude. Thank you. So, how do you help other leaders in? Leading
1: with
2: heart when they are mainly focused on task and results. Yeah, well, it's a wonderful question, and thank you for thank you for asking it, and thank you for having me. I really do think, in so many ways, it comes down to knowing yourself as a leader and what you're all about and what you care about, and uh, you know why you are a leader. I mean, some I think sometimes people get placed into leadership positions and find themselves having to you know swim against the current if you will and others of us know that we are leaders and we we migrate towards you know bigger bigger broader teams or leading uh, more challenging teams whatnot so knowing what you're all about is I definitely think the first step and so that takes a lot of self-awareness and and understanding of your own leadership style and what drives you and motivates you. And then I think once you can do that, you, you know, assuming that you wanna be an empathetic leader and that's your purpose, then you can remind yourself that it isn't about you ever. It's always about them. And that right there takes the onus off of you having to feel any way, you know, you don't, you don't need to necessarily take things so personally because it's not about you. It's about serving others. It's a it's about giving to others and paving the way for others. That's oh, a wonderful
1: frame for leaders to to use. How do you how would you help other leaders get into that frame when they've been so used to only striving for results and Talking about listening, it's not something we learn at school. Um, and as you get older, I think it's harder to change. So how do you help other leaders not only listen more deeply to themselves and others, but also get into the heart first frame with yeah. the
2: people they're leading? I go back to listening and listening to those leaders. And, the, and, their reason, and their reason for being leaders, quite frankly. What is it that they aim to do? Because if they, you know, again, some, some people find themselves in leadership positions and it is uh, an authoritative role for them and it makes them feel good because they have more stripes on their, on their badge, but that's not what it's about. So reminding leaders that you know, we are there to serve, is very important and to help leaders really kind of find their own path if you will so it's not i get it it's not easy if you're a task-based leader and you are all about the execution to switch a switch a you know flip and uh, flip a switch and all of a sudden start to care about your people but that's what it's about that's how you're going to Actually, complete the tasks even with more efficiency. That's how you're going to bring the team together with camaraderie and and connection and a sense that everyone is playing a very necessary role, that everyone matters. But the way to do that is to first work with those leaders and remind them that they play a very necessary role. You know, you almost have to reverse engineer it in order to get the leaders to be more heart based or more empathetic and and maybe potentially you know, care more about their people or pave the way for their people i think we need to spend time with those leaders first so it's a, it's um it's it's almost it's a dichotomy in a way i don't know if you can necessarily you know flip that switch for a leader who hasn't been heart based or who doesn't even know about it or by the way was never treated empathetically or with heart I mean, I think that's a huge task, so you really have to start with them, and there again, their reason for wanting to be leaders and then migrate that into teaching them all about emotional intelligence and heart based leadership um and and working with you know kindness and recognition and um, meritocracy and giving their their people feedback and why feedback is so necessary. But it's, it is a long, it's a long thread that just can't be, it just can't be, I guess it just can't be like that. I'd like to think it is, but I recognize that, um, that not everyone is uh, shaped in the same way.
1: Right, and when you talk about feedback, I've heard in one of your, your interviews, um, feedback sometimes has such negative connotations and it's better to ask for um, permission to give observations on some, some feedback. What, what got you to um, come to that realization around feedback?
2: Do you mean why sometimes I use the word observations and not feedback? Yeah. I do believe feedback has a negative connotation to it. Just like soft skills, same thing. Oh, I think some yeah. skills are often, you know, that phrase oftentimes is is looked at as not as strong or worthy or important as hard skills. Feedback, I think, has now a a negative connotation that I'm going to get in trouble. I will be criticized. It's not going to help me. I'm only going to feel worse about my output. Uh, those types of things, and I think. Remembering that feedback is subjective. I'm giving you feedback based on what I see. I'm just one person. So when you do 360, when you do, um, when you get different types of inputs from other people in a 360 form, it's not as subjective just coming from me. Then it's based, it's, it's based on, on 10 different people saying, saying similar things. But those are observations. It's what I observe when i'm working with this person this is what i observe so it's a it's a different type of uh, verb i guess but it also feels um the word observation doesn't feel as punchy it doesn't feel as you know so potentially um hard if you will you know yeah
1: yeah and i think it's also um doesn't trigger your your auto response system as much and potential trauma when, you, when you're wanting to, someone who comes up to you and says, I need to give you feedback, that immediately would give a um, nervous response as opposed That's to right. a yeah. kind of easing into that conversation. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's hard, as you say, um, people in the world don't, don't realize how um, difficult or hard these so-called soft skills are, I Also, don't like to use the word soft skills. Um, I- but this is where courageous conversations come in and I've had a lot of um, I've heard from a lot of leaders and the, the struggle they have with having to potentially downsize or right size and it's COVID related or, or or not just a business decision. And I don't think those kinds of conversations will ever be easy, no matter how many times you have them. My question is, how do you approach it in a way that, that you don't harm people and the leader themselves can feel at ease, or there's no ease around it, but feel easier in having the conversation? What advice do you have and how do you approach these kinds of difficult conversations?
2: I recognize they are extremely difficult, especially during this time of our, our world when There might be more scarcity in some types of uh, jobs depending on the verticals. So, you know, understanding that you're about to deliver some news to someone that can very well help change their life and remove a paycheck or, um, you know, really ruin their day potentially. And so, you know, going into those conversations with as much grace and empathy and understanding what that other person is going to be hearing. Would I want to hear it. How do I want to hear it? Obviously, you know, there, there, there's, there's no difference between you and me, right? It can happen to either one of us. However, how do I, how do I want that person to feel in the in a, in, in, in when they're when they're receiving news that is going to change the trajectory potentially of their life and certainly of their paycheck. So going in with grace and and you know what I like to call um, a spirit of generosity is super important and and understanding you know the empathetic the empathetic portion of what you're about to deliver um, and and I do usually just try to get to the punchline very quickly which is this is going to be a difficult conversation or. Because of where we are right now, we do need to make some decisions based around our business or our finances. So you know being truthful and transparent is important. Obviously, if it's a performance a performance conversation, then you want to be able to deliver whatever the truth is about their performance, but again, in a way that's not going to sting them in a way that hopefully will help them, not hurt them. And so, you know, you really do have to read each and every person, don't you? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we just talked about the fight, flight, or, or flee response that we all have back here when, when someone says to us, We're gonna, I'm going to give you some feedback. So, you know, remembering in any, in any conversation like that, you know, someone's cortisol levels are going to go as high as the sky, which means their anxiety is going to go as high as the sky, which means they're probably not listening as well as they might if they were filled with more you know dopamine and serotonin if they were more relaxed. So it's really going in with grace and easing into the conversation, but being truthful. You know, and again remembering this isn't about me. This is me delivering the converse, delivering whatever communication I need to to them in a way that they can hopefully hear it and also be somewhat responsive. And if you're letting someone go, of course, you want to be able to help set them up for that next role, whether or not that's references, whether or not you have an idea of where they could land next, uh, LinkedIn re- uh, reference, all those types of things. That's called generosity.
1: Oh, and I love, I love that approach. And also, you've used the word grace a number of times. And I just love that because it's such a reminder and it's so connected to to heart um, it helps you move into the other space um, and also figure out you know how would I like to feel in this so it brings in empathy and then allows hearing to to occur as well so I love that grace is such a lovely word and verb when it comes to these heart based conversations which it's where courage is born in in the heart right
2: so where it Um, comes from uh, the words
1: exactly so um so talking about thank you so much i'm sure that is so helpful for people who who just need to hear this and be reminded of it um and you being a leader who practices listening for a living how do you help other people deepen their listening practice
2: a great question so i think the the way to do that is by first helping people find their way to holding space for others holding space being very mindful of what's going on in this relationship this spatial relationship that you and i have making sure that The listening that we're doing is very active, mindful. I'm not waiting to pounce on you as soon as you finish that sentence. Um, And so the mindfulness not only is about you, but it's about me and how I'm hearing whatever it is you're saying, you know, and that's so important. Everything that we're talking about here goes back to the self-awareness that we spoke about in the beginning and acknowledging that. None of these skills are easy. They take practice. And so, you know, m- recognizing that, you know, listening, it's an it sounds might might sound very silly, but it really is an honor to share space with someone, especially when they are sharing something that is sensitive or potentially um, you know, weighty, has a lot of weight to it. And so active listening is really almost neutralizing the space that you're in so that it isn't full of triggers, that we're not gonna just like be defensive and ping pong with one another. That, there's, that there is room for you to communicate to me without me needing anything from that communication. This is about you. So it's called active listening, being mindful, really you know, walking into the situation with again grace and openness and as much um i would say vulnerability in terms of like willingness to participate in that conversation wow
1: i didn't leave enough of a pause i let a wow out (laughs) so it is difficult you know what i'm saying yeah
2: yeah yeah it is
1: difficult and um even in the in the coaching world um it takes practice. I often say I can only take my clients as deep as I'm willing to go myself. And how else would you know how difficult it is if you don't enter into or turn toward the practice? So I think it's a lifelong skill, self-awareness, yes. mindfulness, deep, um, active listening um, and, and empathy. I think the world needs it more now than ever. That, Balancing care with candor.
2: I think Um, you're right. I I agree. I also think there's um, um, a need for validation in communication. So whether or not you agree or disagree with what that person's saying, making making mm -hmm. them feel heard. So I get it. I hear you those types of words and phrases are very helpful to know. So that person knows you're tracking, you haven't, you know, left the conversation or daydreaming about, you know, the ice cream you're going to have for dessert or whatever. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're with them, you're tracking. I'm here, I'm here with you. And mm-hmm. it does take a, a, a very big bite size of courage and candor to have these conversations. And it's easier sometimes at work than it is personally, isn't it? You know, in, in, in your own personal relationship.
1: Absolutely, because that brings a whole new different level of vulnerability. Because you, at times, especially when you're triggered, you don't want to go into that space, you know. Yeah. You want to not have the conversation. And that is where I think the courage comes in, where you actually need to notice that and then turn toward it, especially in the, in the personal space. But in the workspace, now that we are, uh, everyone has just gone onto video conferencing, um, I'm imagining it's even more difficult to have these kinds of conversations via technology rather than, than in the room. What would your just closing thoughts be on, on this conversation around that?
2: Well, they, need to, they still need to take place. And so it, is, it does take a, um, an extra dose and an extra effort of listening because I'm not with you, so I can't really read you as well as I would be able to if we were sharing physical space with one another. And so, you know, the checking in, like, did, did that make sense? Um, you know, I understand, tell me more. Those types of things are important to to ask. I also think, you know, now that we're all on video and it will be our norm for quite some time, if not forever, um, you know, easing into conversations is more important in terms of, you know, when you have teams together or many people on a screen, doing just some kind of like light banter or light check-in is really important, I think, before you get right into it because that can be awfully cold when you're just looking at each other on the same, you know, everyone has the same size square now. So um, I, I do think that the act of listening is more important than ever. And, and that takes all of us slowing down just a tiny bit to make sure that we're checking in and, and connecting. It's, it's, it's challenging, it really is. So you know, no, I don't think everyone's got it right. I think that we're all, this is something that we're all working on Um, And, but it's needed, it's an, it's an, it's needed exercise. Right. And I
1: love how you say slowing down just a tiny bit, because that can be scary for people who are just fast paced. I don't know what they would think if, if they had to pause even for a second and just slowing down that tiny little bit and allowing for the space between and the real connection could help accelerate whatever task or results they're after anyway. So that tiny little bit, you know, what's the tiny little step that they need to take is such good advice. Um, and I so appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. I, I have no idea how you do what you do and um, fit it all in. And I believe you've got a little one as well.
2: Yeah, you might have heard her up there.
1: And so, all of that all blended into um, the home space now. So, um, I really appreciate the time that you you took um, to have this conversation with me.
2: Thank you. Thank you for asking. I'm happy to be here.
0: If you would like to find out more about Claude and the amazing work she does in the world, visit her website, claudesilver.com, or find her on LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Stay tuned to our ConnectEQ podcast for more heart-based conversations to help leaders create environments where people and performance thrive.